Hello, welcome back to yet another episode of American Loser. It is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. We are here, as always, at a shared universe studio in Town, New Jersey. Mike and Ming taking great care of us, uh, wherever they are in the country. I have no idea. Those guys travel a little which too continent, much. Which continent, which planet, whatever. Yeah. It's weird because they're all over the world, but it's always the same thing. It's always like a, uh, like a, a Holiday Inn conference room, and they're surrounded by like Swamp Thing, and then... You have a guy who you know invented Star Wars before George Lucas or something. It's always the same people and the same things, but they're traveling constantly. So, anyway, uh, we're over here. It's a it's a Father's Day edition of the show. So uh, I want to start off real quick before I introduce our guest. Uh, happy Father's Day, Dad. Well, thank you so much. You've always Mike, been my son, my son. Yeah, you know, I've always felt like you were something of a father to me. Right. And, uh, there you go. Something of a father. Yeah, and I appreciate like, that. You did some parental <laughs> things over the years. <laughs> you try to raise kids, then they turn on you. Yeah, it's, uh, no, just thanks for not going out for a pack of cigarettes and never coming back. It was nice of you. I appreciate that. There you go. I'll um, be back. And the, uh, Check in the furnace. <laughs> and that joyous sound behind the ones and twos is uh, the only man that can be the uh, sound engineer for uh, this podcast, the big Kahuna himself. Kahuna, I want to say happy Father's Day to you as well, buddy. Thank you, man. Right. Thank you. I was I truly was looking forward to this. I'm, I miss you guys. It's been too long. We miss you too, but uh, again, my career is blowing up. Not comedy, excavation. Um, <laughs> blowing up. Yeah. Uh, I won't say what high school, but um, uh, Kahuna, remember that episode of The Simpsons when um, Homer goes into the grease collecting business? Yeah. Uh, and the, the great line was that uh, groundskeeper Willie was keeping a giant vat of grease that he called his retirement grease. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, at the very end, that blows up in the episode, and it gets all over the school. And I won't say what school it was, but my job got us called in to handle an exploding grease trap the other day. And I am happy to tell you guys, after 96 hours... I got the smell out of my nose hairs. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. It was it was I'm pretty s- rancid. I'm so sorry. Yep. Oh, so. that's. Was it retirement grease bad? It it, uh, it might as well have been. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Very thick. Uh, very. Um, and, and I'll put it this way too. It was a uh, a community uh, that has a very proud uh, Spanish population. So a lot of delicious food is being made that contributes to a certain kind of additional smell to the grease. <laughs> uh, oh, So we'll no. put it that way. But uh, without further ado, I also want to introduce our guest here. Uh, up from the great state of Virginia, Miss Loudon, 2018. Uh, cousin Pam Mrs. joined Mrs. 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 Loudon. Mrs. Loudon. <laughs> well, if we say Miss, we'll get more hits on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, beauty queen, uh, lead singer, new age spiritualist. Uh, what, I mean, there's really not oh, much author. you don't do. Author. We're working on. <laughs> and jewelry designer. Don't and jewelry that. designer. And also <laughs> a, uh, a mother of two of the funniest girls I know. Uh, <laughs> Cousin Pamo joins the show. How are you, lady? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm <laughs> really proud of you, and I get to meet the Kahuna for the first time. There you I'm go. infamous! Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Live in poison. <laughs> so my theory is Kahuna's invited to, uh, um, you know, uh, Burkfest this year, actually. Oh. He's going to be coming down to that. Well, so. now he's an honorary oh, family member. Absolutely. Hey. Word. Also, that's if awesome. you want to be more of a family member, you'd flake on going because that's that's, <laughs> that's right. really you know. But anyway, I uh, got somewhere to be that day. Actually, <laughs> I got I got I got some shoots to do. Don't, again, save the excuses for after I give you the date. Okay, that's that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just, just going to crawl in the corner. Yeah. No, <laughs> you'll have a headache that day. I'm not, also, headache excuse. Now, here's what's funny, uh, Pam. You used to give, uh, you still give advice a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the the things that I always tell people that always makes me laugh is that your advice to me anytime I was never feeling good was oh you you want to guess what it is yeah take a shit (laughs) (laughs) it's all in the gut baby 
It's all in the gut. The thing I've enjoyed about you since, because uh, uh, the relationship on uh, mom's side of the family is that you and your your brother Greg are kind of like uh, me and Carrie's, you know, my sister's older brother and older sister. Right. It's more, it's a little deeper than the, the mm-hmm. traditional cousin thing on that. But it always made me laugh because you're you're a lovely person. Uh, you're very fashionable, all right. Very classy in a lot of ways. But then certain parts of the jersey come out. <laughs> <laughs> I do have jersey Kathy. girl through and through. Yep, yeah, you'll and sit there. You'll, you'll be you know. And now you're down south because yeah. you live in Virginia. And everything, and you'd think that maybe that southern living would get to you, and the yeah. charm would get in there. And you're like, hey, let's get some fucking mint juleps yeah, going. <laughs> I do f bomb a lot. I have to say, I have to watch my f bombs, especially in front of the kids. But you know, they're immune to it now. They don't even try to say it. That's you know. <laughs> you made it. They just know it's part of mommy, you know, lingo, and that's fine. And everybody that loves me knows that. I don't mean, and they say girls that curse a lot, you know. You could trust them more. So you can, you can, you can fill me with your uh, depressive thoughts and all that. I don't think my ex has ever cursed. (laughs) Oh, well, you got to get a girl that curses or else she's out. Well, now, now you telling us to shit to feel better is almost uh, in in one way is that that's because you eat it. Incredibly clean, the way that you eat. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's almost frustrating. Right. Uh, it really, right. is. really. And there's a lot. What of does this, she uh, end up bringing to Burkefest? Uh, well, uh, I never. I've never been to Burkefest. I, I don't think I've been around since you guys have had it. Or if I was around, I was out doing something in like clubs or something. Yeah. How long you been in uh, Virginia? Oh, um, maybe if we're married. Not 2001. 18 years ish. Going to be a lot of math on this episode, yeah. too, by the way. Just yeah. warning you now. Do but. you find yourself missing Jersey sometimes, oh, or do I you do. love Virginia? I, you know what happens? I come, I get my fill, and then when I get back to Virginia, I kiss the ground. <laughs> because, you know, I like to stay away from drama and all that. And, you know, I just take it in. Because Jersey is a little punchy as far as like people on the road. They're a little bit more tense than Virginians, I would say. So when I get back home, I just feel like a. <sighs> But yeah, then I'll get into my routine pace. and I'll be like, oh, I miss my jersey. I got to go back. Well, I think you want to come up here, get your hair did, get a Taylor <laughs> ham, egg, and cheese. <laughs> well, right. I, get don't proper need, pork roll. I don't need any Taylor ham anymore because I'm, you know, you mean pork pescatarian. Roll? So, yeah, pork roll. Now, now this <laughs> almost falls back into our topic here, real quick. Uh-huh. So, pescatarian. So, uh, you eat very clean. And then there's a lot of. You've always been interesting to talk to about stuff like uh, kind of the. Uh, uh, new Age spiritualism, all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Different things. Uh, I mean, were, were you like a power crystal person? or No, it just started. I think it started when we were really young. Grandma had a really good friend. Grandma Dickie had a, that's our grandmother, mom's side, uh, had a really good friend that was like an aunt that was into astrology. And she was also into reflexology before people were really into it in the 1970s. Now I'm dating myself. Um, but she actually did our astrology charts when we were kids and all that. And I don't know why I just got so into it. And I remember being in my teenage years buying books about it and being really into it <laughs> and reading about people and their signs and this kind of thing. And then I don't know why I would just feel things and predict things and they would happen in my head. I wouldn't share it with people. And then things would happen and I'd be like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Where I tell people, then when I got older, I would tell people things and they wouldn't believe me. Oh, well, yeah, right, right. And then it would happen. So, well, I got big on, I bought a book that uh, made me think of you because I bought a, it was Dream Interpretation, Dad. Yeah. And uh, so, what I would do is, whatever topic was occurring in your dream, you would look it up in this dream dictionary. It would tell you what it meant. So, right. I had this uh, recurring dream about a, a gun that I was trying to pull the trigger of and the, the gun would never go off. And I looked at it and uh, it turns out I'm gay. 
Oh. <laughs> it's good that you're coming there down you go, on Kevin. Father's Day. Yeah. So. Kahuna, is there any like recurring themes in your dreams you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, a lot of flying. A lot of fl- I, hang on, let me look that one up. Let's look up flying here for a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Turns out you're gay too, bud. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. No. Fuck. Oh, well. No, well, maybe you two guys can get like? together then after say. the show. Yeah. I thought I had everything together. Now Married I discovered this. <laughs> Great. Oh, well. Roomies, but uh, it's cool because the uh, the new age stuff is very interesting. I've always enjoyed that, and then um, there's these ideas of uh, reincarnation, deep spiritualism, mm-hmm. all this other stuff that's going to go on here. Now, when you're thinking of this stuff, because it, it's weird, it's both modern and ancient, right? Um, now, when you think of this, uh, where does your mind go typically? Like in terms of the the what part of the country do you think this is really going on? Because when I hear all the the new age shit and everything like that, I'm immediately sitting there like, all right, so vegan coffee house. Uh, kids from Brooklyn with their yoga mats hanging over their shoulders, uh, growing their beard out, and then you know using patchouli oil. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Well, so as far as things that I talk to other people about and things that I'm following and that kind of thing, the Earth is actually changing. So Mother Earth is changing, and she's sending her light workers and star seeds, and they're basically kids coming in and being different from. The old generations. Uh, this is also um, loosely planets, the plot of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they're they're more enlightened, actually. I mean, if you kid, if you talk to my kids or your any of your cousins, I'm sure they're just a little bit more mature, I think, in in a sense than we were when we were kids. Like less naive, I would say. And I don't know if it has to do with the internet or, or they're just born like that. I mean, I, they just say stuff like Gigi says stuff. My daughter Gigi will say stuff that I'm like, where the heck did she find that? Where did where did she come up with that? So anyway, I think that it's just a, people getting more aware of the effery that's been going on in the world. Efferies, oh nice, yeah. nice avoidance. The fuckery, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and people are learning to eat better because we've been basically trained by the people that are making money that's supposedly you know to you know eat mcdonald's and all these box foods for money and we should be eating things and you know that are plant-based and not eating so much meats and this kind of thing because it's making us sick well it's like when uh when i went on to the paleo diet i lost 70 pounds because i felt just freaking good and you're eating stuff that's kind of real mm-hmm. and uh and so I, I believe in a lot of that so now i've had other people that talk about you know uh, chakra aligning yes. and then uh, predicting your future from the stars and all that other shit. Mm-hmm. Now, when we think of that, like I said, uh, my mind takes me to Williamsburg, Brooklyn, because that's just kind of where I've seen some funky shit go on. But uh, it's very weird to me, too, because apparently one of the guys who's considered the father of the New Age movement, if you will, in America, uh, you don't quite think that it's going to be taking place in uh, deep in the Bible Belt over in uh, deep and deep, deep into Kentucky, mm-hmm. Christian County, Kentucky, to be particular. That's where uh, this week's American Loser story is going to take place. This guy lives about an hour north, or lived, I should say, about an hour north of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Now, LP, you've been to Nashville before, right? I have, yep. Now, a uh, question. Is that an open container area? Uh, that, on, yeah, that's uh, country western uh, uh, mecca, if you will. Now, they let uh, a dirty Yankee like you sit in the Grand Ole Opry, is that correct? Yeah, well, <laughs> pay the price you can, you can get in. Yeah, they pretty much are not you know excluding anybody as long as you got the... The green to get in. Well, the, uh, the now the Burks, um, going all the way back to uh, uh, the first Burke that came to America, right. uh, which would be uh, – that was 
Patty, pa- Patrick. Patrick Francis Kelly, right? No, Patrick Francis Burke. Patrick Francis Burke, got it, okay. So now uh, what's interesting here, when he was down south, uh, he was uh, hanging out with this fellow by the name of uh, William Tecumseh Sherman. You know anything about uh, William Tecumseh Sherman down south, Kahuna? Do I look like I know anything about <laughs> William Tecumseh Sherman? How, how the hell did you say his name? William Tecumseh Sherman. He's one of the greatest generals in the Union Army, and nah. he invoked what is known as a scorched earth policy, where he literally burned his way. Uh, he burned down the city of Atlanta, uh, and it was total war, which was uh, the way he is. So not he was a firebug that made it legal, in well, a, in a well, sense. When he the civil war to, is going on, and you're, you're trying to. Uh, he discovered he liked fire, realized he could make <laughs> that go. work in wartime, and was like, I could make this a living. There's a bit and of it makes a really good Kong movie thing. called Gone yeah. with the Wind. Also <laughs> true. With the burning of Atlanta. <laughs> but um, so what we're talking about today here is that uh, right outside of uh, about an hour north of Nashville, Tennessee, deep in Kentucky here, we got this fella uh, by the name of uh, Edgar Casey. You ever hear of him, Coons? Mm, no. In discussions here in the beginning a little bit, but no, I know nothing about Edward Casey. Well, here's where he gets fascinating uh, right away. So we're talking about uh, this new age spirituality and kind of the ultimate sense of uh, – I'm going to quote something that he referred to as the universal consciousness. All right? Maybe that's what you're talking about too with the kids. The kids – today, they seem to know more shit. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody once told me, goes, kids today know more, but they don't understand more. Maybe. That I thought was interesting. They can say things, but they're not like uh, principles that they completely comprehend, which is kind of how I – like. I know when a word – I can use context clues to figure out what a word might mean, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to use it correctly. You know, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's my, my $10 vocabulary words that pop up every now and then. But there's no sense in being obstreperous here the rest of the show. Let's just move on and have a good time. <laughs> He's been saving that one. So, uh, born near Hopkinsville, Kentucky, about an hour north of Nashville, like I said, Edgar Casey was born on March 18th. Tough St. Patrick's Day for his mother. Let's be honest, all right? Everybody's out there having a good time, and you realize just the very next day you could have been drinking. That's it. March 18th, 1877, one of six children to farmers Carrie and Leslie Casey. Uh, Carrie and Leslie, that means he was raised by lesbian parents. (laughs) Did you know that? (laughs) You didn't know that? No. Very progressive for the times. Mm -hmm. Now, Leslie is also a man's name at this time. Kind of went away. I don't know any dude's name Leslie anymore. Thank God. Leslie Nielsen Nielsen was the last one. Right. Yeah. From the files of police squad. (laughs) uh, Edgar was an interesting guy here Uh, As a child, Edgar would tell people That uh, he would often play with what he referred to as The little people (laughs) That's where my mind goes (laughs) (laughs) Dad, in the sense of uh, Darby O'Gill Who are the little people? Well, the little people are are the Part of the the spirit world, if you will The leprechauns uh, And the Americans would call it the leprechauns uh, over in Ireland, they're also known as the fairies, but uh, mm-hmm. that, that takes on a different connotation in today's which, yeah, language. Which but, my uh, Irish girlfriend told me, Irish ex-girlfriend, I should say, from Ireland, uh, told me that uh, fairies over there, first of all, it's spelled differently. It's right. spelled mm-hmm. with an A. Um, and then over here, we think of fairies, we think of Tinkerbell. Over there, a fairy could be something very devious and right. up and, to no good in the right. woods kind of a thing. Very Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Demonic, stealing children and all that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the, the running that. joke in Ireland, by the way, was that if your baby cried a lot as a child, if it was colicky, that it was actually a fairy baby. Right. That uh, your baby was kidnapped in the middle of the night and right. then the fairy baby was replaced. It wasn't mm-hmm. the... Uh, that is um, just awful. <laughs> uh, not a lot of happy story. There's no. Um, there's no Disney spin on that one just yet. Yeah. Oh my there's god. There's no uh, Lucky Charms. Uh, you know, 
incredibly delicious or whatever the heck it is. I would a love to gold see at the end of the rainbow. I would pay a lot of money to see Disney try and twist this into something really sweet, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone's like, "That's not what that is." <laughs> <laughs> They've done it with other works. I hate to say that one. Now, Darby O'Gill's that famous story of him hanging out with the little people, um, and uh, our boy Edgar says that he sees the little people too. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the freaky one. Uh, this one starts off fast. So Edgar is a child. He's very young, less than five years old, and sees, witnesses the accident on horseback that kills his grandfather, whose farm he's living on. So he watches his grandfather die, and then as a kid, routinely tells everybody who will listen that his grandfather visits him regularly. Mm-hmm. How, how old was he, do you know? He was less than five when uh, uh, the incident happened with the horse that killed the grandfather. But um, Edgar, was, he would routinely say that his grandfather, he could see through, this is what he would tell people, he never minded when his grandfather was around because he could see through him if he looked hard enough. Hmm. So if, like, the little people walked in, like, if right now, uh, right down by the floorboards, we just saw, like, a little marching band come in of little people, <laughs> Edgar Casey would not be freaked out by that. We'd be losing our goddamn minds, and Edgar's <laughs> like, <"Ugh>, again? Right. <laughs> yeah. So reminds me of that episode of South Park, too, when they had the underpants gnomes. So wrong, profit. Um but the he'd have uh, all his imaginary friends, and he would be able to be able to see his grandfather's mm-hmm. uh, spirit or aura or whatever you want to call it. By the way, I did have an imaginary friend. <laughs> did you? And I had a near-death experience at seven. So there's something. I think there's a correlation between there's freaky always some sort of trauma, kid, trauma, yeah. something, and then having like a. I don't know, more galactic brain, I guess, or some kind of a <laughs> thing on your life that you have to do in this mission. That's why I've always felt so. Well, uh, my buddy Mike Cannon, hilarious comedian, um, he was just down at Uncle Vinny's this week, and we were hanging out on Friday, and he was noticing that uh, whenever, it's something he's developing, I won't go into to too many details about the mm-hmm. project, but he was noticing that people who swear, like religiously, mm-hmm. uh, feed into these conspiracy theories. There's almost always a childhood trauma or the death of a loved one that's unresolved that they they lose themselves in the conspiracy theory rather than you know face the, the you know facts of the matter if you will yeah so yeah he uh, he's hanging out with the little people his dead grandfather comes to visit him you know fun kid to go hang out with you know that's what you want to do now you had an imaginary friend as a kid Pam yeah what was uh, her guy? name well actually I didn't remember her name until I met some dude years ago that was like a psychic type of guy magician he called himself a magician and he said oh her name was Helen so I said oh yeah that sounds familiar <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tammy's got we'll some go stories that are going to raise the yeah. uh, hairs the on your arm today Cahoons yeah that was <laughs> oh jeez I'm giving you credit I'm yeah. not saying the eyebrow raise like there, it takes a second to register but sometimes also the stories you tell me scare the shit out of well, me that, so. well sometimes I document stuff I even write it down or put it on my phone just so that when it happens, I can say, see, and I put the date and everything like that. It happened. Jesus. Yeah. And it's only with people that I'm really close to or tuned. Like, I really tune in for some reason. And then I just go. Like family and close friends. Yeah, but sometimes it's a celebrity that dies, and then I feel like they come to me. And I'm like, ooh, okay. And then I start getting all this information and then I start writing it down like crazy and it, and I could be submerged in this for like a year and then I study them and then everything that comes to my mind it's not like I hear a voice or anything it's like comes to my mind I write it down and then it will start happening yeah like it, like the info will start to come mm-hmm. out like oh mm-hmm. he told me this well this is what yep. ends up on the news in yep. a couple and of I weeks and I look I always look for signs I'm always aware of things that come to my attention and then I'll hone in on it or let's say I'm in stupid dollar store and I picked up a book 
and it was on Clarence Clemens. That was one of the things. Now, all my friends were Bruce fans. I'm not particularly into the music. I like it. I'm not like a crazy rabbit fan or anything like that. But all my friends are crazy. For, and one of my friends is, was best friends with them. So I said, oh, let me get the book and I'll read it. So I start reading it. And then it was like the little spirit came to me. Like an, I'm like an open book for this guy. And then I start writing things down. And then recent, recently something happened that came to me then. And it's in my phone. It was like 2013. Now, yeah. And now so it's info out he, about. Yeah, a well, while. what? Ha- so I'll tell you one little bit, and this is just strange, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I guess I have to confess <laughs> it here. So he said something about a musical. There's going to be a musical, and I, you know, I wanted to talk about my. He wants to talk about his life. He doesn't particularly. He, fe- I think he felt like he wasn't ready to go, but he had to go. It was his time. But he, he said something about Bruce. This Springsteen is Clarence music. Clemens. Yes. Yeah. And I said, I oh, believe okay. Lady Gaga had him killed. Uh, <laughs> That's just my theory. <laughs> he is a cool dude, as far as I know. You know, reading about him and stuff. But um, great anyway, saxophone player. I don't know. I don't know if it was my connection with one of my music friends. Um, that's why it came to me. I don't know. There's like this link. But he he spoke about a musical, and then now Bruce Springsteen has a musical on Broadway, which was not even I think a thought back when I wrote it down. Wow. So yeah, and I just keep you know I just keep things there and. Let it sit. <laughs> now, some of Pam's predictions yeah. uh, happen a little bit easily. I don't want to freak you out, Coon, but when you pulled in the parking lot earlier before the episode, she goes, oh, my God, he's going to die in a car accident. <gasps> no. And I said, when? And she goes, she goes, about 90 minutes from now. So just be careful on the way yeah, home. Look buddy. at no. this expression. No. Like, that's, that's he's a, believing no, you, Cap. Don't Poor do guy. that. Poor guy. That's a big no-no. That's not See, even. it's weird because, like, I oddly believe in this stuff because, yeah. Yeah. like, I'm not full-blown conspiracy theorist where I'm going to fall into the theory of, like, oh, why did this happen, and blah, blah, blah. But no, like, especially when it comes to, like, I guess astrology, there's some things I believe in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, when before I was born, my mom and my dad got my star chart made. Mm-hmm. Like, this literal book that described me to a T mm-hmm. without even knowing me. And then I look, I, we were cleaning out the garage, and I found it, and I couldn't get past, like, page 10 because it was so accurate. And it scared the living daylights out of me. I was like, this is, that paper is wrong. This is not right. This is not natural. I'm just going to hide this in the garage, possibly burn it in a couple of years. Now, the, the critics of stuff like this, which Mr. Edgar Casey gets super into, it's very cool. I actually wrote down some of his predictions that we're going to debate here in a second. But um, one thing I thought was interesting is uh, a, it was a professor, I forget what topic they were teaching, but they did a uh, experiment, Dad, that I thought you'd get a kick out of where. Uh, he gave everybody their horoscope. Uh, uh, horoscope, I should say. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, their the horoscope. On horror. Yeah. Um, gave everybody their uh, the correct horoscope for whatever you know their birthday was or their sign was. And he goes, now read this now. Is there something about it that seems like it's about you? And they said, oh, wow. Well, almost everybody's like, yeah, there is something. Goes, All right. So now um, trade horoscopes with somebody else who has a different sign than you. Read that and tell me if there's something in there that's they're, they're vaguely about talking you. Talking about you. And because there, there's certain basic universal human traits that we all have here. But now, Edgar Casey walks in line because there's, in order to assess him the right way, um, I, I came in with, and I did the, a lot of this research uh, last night, two o'clock in the morning, by myself in the house. And, uh, you know, you know when you have to get up and just make sure all the doors are locked because yeah. you're reading too much weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know? you're a good Kev. You learn quick. I, I try, but it's a you know, walk around and make sure everything's locked up, and then um, <laughs> then you'll have this freak out moment because you'll, you'll say like, "Oh my God, something's rubbing up against me." And you're like, "Oh yeah, I have a dog." I need a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when um, he starts see, talking to you, that uh, yeah. <laughs> see, you're lucky. When I get 
when I get deep into working on either like a project of music or film, I do get watched. And like I genuinely believe that. And I think it's I think it's my dad cuz I'll never forget no, I'll truly I'll never forget this. I was working in my uh in my room one day and I'm working on a song and then all of a sudden, like you know we like that presence you get that feeling like you're being watched. Mm-hmm. Like straight up got that. Didn't think much of it until I heard my bed fully compress like someone was sitting on it. And then I saw it, like, adjust. And then I was like, that's either my pop or my uh, my uncle. And I was like, listen, it's cool that y'all are here. You're freaking me the hell out right now. And I'm really trying to work on this because I'm getting paid for this. So please... Maybe another time. Right. Yeah. The, bed, like, no, just... the, the bed straight up uncompressed. Yeah. And then really? I didn't feel that feeling anymore. It was the wildest experience. Like, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's just... Uh, Kevin, I have to give you a too. relative story. Uh-oh. Okay, when Auntie Arax, our aunt, she was dying of cancer. And um, she was in the hospital. And she was hallucinating because they give a drug, right? So she says to me, because she calls us all birds, right? She said, oh, bird. She goes, get me my socks. She says, there's all these animals on the floor. And I just looked at her, and I was like, oh, okay, she's seeing something. She really is. And then she goes, Grandpa Horton's on the bed next to us. So I knew she was going to go soon. Because she saw her father on the bed next to her in the hospital, which was a vacant bed, but he was sitting there. And then she she also said some other things, little predictions. I don't want to say because I don't want to put it too. Yeah, if you're looking for the normal lighthearted history filled yeah. episodes, we're yeah. not doing that this way. <laughs> I'm it, sorry. You know, you come on. There's got to be something to it. Just because people <laughs> tell you, "Oh, that's quackery and it's crazy," it doesn't mean that. It just means that I think that we are more than people know that we are capable of doing. Because what did they do back in the day before computers? Come on. They looked up in the sky. They had the commune, you know, commune with God, and they got their answers. And they built. Stonehenge and all that kind of stuff. So there's got to be something to and it. And then the conspiracy theorists were invented. That's and then, it. Yeah. And then the internet just made everything the crazy. Naysayers. The yeah. naysayers. But this is, you know, this is me before the internet, so you know that, Kev. No, that's true. It's all good, too. And now, uh, so we've set up, because the what, what I'm happy you're here for, Pam, and then obviously the cahoon is going to be firmly in your camp. Uh, I'm going to be the critic, and we're going to try to, you know, be... Uh, uh, we're, now, I'm not accusing Mr. Edgar Casey of quackery, as uh, some people did, but we're going to try to be the... Um, There's some inconsistencies. Yeah, we're going to try to look through him here and be skeptics, mm-hmm. and then you guys are coming from more of the, uh, the, the well, Believers. what do we know? Yeah. So, yeah. Which is good. So that, that's we got a good dynamic here we've set up. Now, I do want to hop into uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Edgar Casey here a little bit. His early on is pretty fucking weird, is it not, Dad? Oh, yeah. I would think that uh, that kid's a little different than... The other kids down the street. Well, uh, something that always kind of uh, amused me here is that he's being uh, visited by uh, the ghost of his grandfather, hanging out with uh, the little people, right? And uh, now whether it's just an act of imagination or if he truly was distracted by other, quote, beings, uh, that may have been up for dispute, but Edgar's scholarly efforts were suffering from it either way. Imagine you open up your school books to try to pay attention and there's, like, little people having a parade like we were just talking about. Yeah, God, hanging out over there. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more. Yeah, there's a little person shitting in the spine of your book. 
<laughs> you know, I'm looking at his picture, and I know we're talking about creepy, kooky, mysterious, yeah. and spooky. He straight up looks like a member of the Adams family. If you look, yes, if you add, a, if you add like a mustache. If you look at Edgar Casey's photo up on his Wikipedia page, it looks like underneath it, it should be a quote that just says "Hello, Clarice." <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. So he's an interesting guy. Now at age ten. But wait, he's, he is a Pisces, so that's a water sign, and water signs feel more than other people. I'm Cancer. Kahuna, what are you? I'm a Taurus. Oh, okay. You're Earth. The bull. And I'm a terrible burden. Is that right, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) You're a virgin, Kev. I know that. (laughs) Um, But uh, no, at age 10, Edgar now begins attending church with his family. Now, imagine you're living in a small rural farming town out in Kentucky, and all you have is your chores. And it's fun to live out in the the outdoors and everything like that. I mean, you're spending a lot of your time up in the woods lately there, South Beach, Mm -hmm. Larry. Um, Now... I'm convinced you're either still volunteering your time for scouting or there's another family. Right. The second family. <laughs> um, but anyway, you don't have a podcast with any of them, do you? <laughs> Not that you know of. It's like, oh, okay. shoot. Want to find out on the charts. Yeah. Your other son's right. Joe Rogan. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, interesting uh, stuff's going on over here because uh, imagine how much fun church has to be. Where you can at least do a little singing, everybody gets together. It's almost like going to the movies back then in this time. Well, it's a day off from the chores. Yeah, you're not busting your ass over. Oh, yeah, of course, I'll go to church. Can't wait to go to church. Anytime that uh, when it was leaf raking season, we would make sure that we volunteered uh, to go to Sunday school and all that other stuff. You had a lot of things to do. Yeah, very, very busy on Sundays. But now at age 10, like we said, he starts going into the church, and immediately he begins passionately and obsessively reading the Bible. This is a deeply Christian guy. This is very very rooted in his uh, his beliefs here. And he feels that way his entire life. That's actually why he maybe doesn't have a bad reputation as uh, you know some people could have, if you will. So he uh, is passionately and obsessively reading the Bible. He would reread the Bible on a yearly basis. So, like, people would think he's weird, but, like, they wouldn't say he was a bad man. Yeah, there's no – if you're looking for an angle here where he, he, quote, breaks bad Walter White style, you're never going to get it because he's a pretty – he's an interesting guy. There's no for-profit. There's no scams he's pulling. He's wrong about some shit. But it's it's innocently enough done, right? Yeah, but early on, he also, like you say, he makes a vow to himself that he's going to read the Bible in its entirety for every year of his life. So mm-hmm. if he's 14, he's going to read the Bible 14 times over. Which uh, I don't know if you could do it. That's Kahuna. pretty tough. That's, that's, a, <laughs> no. that's a solid commitment for sure. Yeah. I got things to do. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I got a real headache. And that's uh, that's Genesis to Exodus too, which uh, you know the Bible is a fascinating book too. Let's not uh, let's not knock that one too badly if we uh, don't have to here. But um, Edgar does find church to be exciting, um, and he's reading his uh, Bible out in uh, his hut in the woods that he has. Right, same. So. Imagine you're hanging out in the woods. With, yeah, your uh, your man cave out in the woods. Well, well said. <laughs> and you're sitting there, and you got the Bible cracked open, which is in a sense a book of spiritualism and you know all sorts of other un, uh, otherworldly things going Meanwhile, on. Meanwhile, at the Christian cave, exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, this is the same guy who's haunted by his dead grandfather and the little people. And all of a sudden, this beautiful winged woman shows up, a winged woman, and the woman tells him uh, that uh, his prayers have been answered. And asked him what he wanted most in the world. And Edgar told the, quote, woman that uh, his dream was to help people, uh, especially sick children. And the uh, the woman told him that he would become a missionary. So his, his calling. A lot of people had – even the, the priest, uh, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, uh, uh, Der Shinork, the priest that I kind of grew up with at St. Mary's Church, um, he said that he had a calling one night. came mm-hmm. to him in a dream. He's like, you, got, you have a purpose here. 
I've had some weird dreams where I'm like, they're trying to tell me something, and it's our, a lot of times it's our subconscious trying to unravel something. Like, you know, uh, yeah, didn't your didn't your just tell you you were gay? Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, listen. Um, I need a plus one for a wedding coming up. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you go with me. I just feel like you know, we'll, we'll both wear white tuxedos. <laughs> But uh, this winged woman appears to Edgar, who is uh, maybe 11 at this time, and uh, goes ahead and lets him know. Now, what are some of the other famous appearances uh, in history? There's always like, uh, you know, imagine uh, like Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan appears to Luke Skywalker in the uh, X-Wing fight or whatever when he's going into the Death Star. Who's the false? We're big on this shit. Yeah. All right? We're big. It happens in the Bible all the time. There's the burning bush speaking to Moses. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on. Can you think of any other famous examples off the top of your well, head, Dad? Saul to Saul to Saint Paul oh. was uh, uh, a, a coming of uh, enlightenment, if you will, that uh, he came to his realization. Exactly. Well, it happens in everywhere else too. Now, behind me is the skateboard for the Big Lebowski. The uh, you, know, <laughs> there you go. So, you know, the Big Lebowski is the, the dude is the main character of that one, but the stranger is played by Sam Elliott, who is they never explain what he is. He's just a visitor, and some people think that he's a reincarnated version of a, a former life of the dudes. There's also, but we're big on this. We like this idea that we're being told something from beyond. Oh, so. I well, so another one that was more recent in history, which was another, we call it a past life brother of mine, we'll call him Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> he had a... He was, he was, he was. And he also came to me, I know it sounds so crazy, but he had an angel come to him when he was seven, I think it was also, because he had epileptic seizures. Okay. And so the angel came to him. Now this is a famous galactic musician telling you this story. Not me, him, um, about his life and how the angel came to him and told him that you would not have any more of these seizures, and he never had any after that. So another angel story. Now this this is actually interesting because uh, there comes a time now with uh, Mr. Edgar Casey where he's going to start knowing these kind of weird and wacky things. Mm-hmm. Um, what subject did you struggle with in school, Pam? Oh, math. Math. Oh, uh, one and the same over here. So, yeah. Yo, um, can I join your club? Yeah. Uh, oh, sweet. Okay. Nobody here is good at math except for Larry. Uncle Larry, yeah. No, not, not really. No, the techie? We struggled with, uh, we struggled with uh, yeah, but, algebra and such. Mm. But, maybe here's the thing. Maybe your spelling is so bad that we just think you're good at math. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, X equals three anyhow, so <laughs> keep that in mind. You're all good. Two plus uh, two equals fish, of course. Not too bad either there. But uh, now this is where it gets interesting here. That's not the end of these appearances from this winged woman that appears uh, in front of our boy Edgar. A few days later, Edgar's school teacher files a complaint to the parents of Edgar, which results in, uh, we're going to call it an intense tutoring session, Dad. By the dad. Mm. Yes. Dad, um, can you think of any times you and I had a tutoring session (laughs) where we worked hard to accomplish a goal and help me focus on schoolwork? (laughs) Um, Jeez, Kevin, I think we might be able to conjure up some image of that. Well, uh, during a, quote, refresher course on his spelling assignments, of which Edgar was uh, bombing regularly, uh, Edgar was under such stress that he uh, fell out of his chair, Pam. Mm. He got knocked out of his chair by his father, <laughs> uh, who was just, you know, why can't you Why can't you learn this bullshit? Almost like a Homer Simpson choking bar. Ah, ah, ah. Um, why are you little? Exactly. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, as he falls down on the floor, this winged woman's voice appears in Edgar Casey's ear and says, uh, if you can just take a rest real quick, we can help you. Mm. So there's uh, there's not 
there's now a we all of a sudden. That's not good. It's um, a team. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, you get a little nervous. Now there's more things getting involved you don't know about here. So Edgar uh, convinces his father he needs to take a nap real quick. So he lays down, but he puts the book underneath his pillow and sleeps on top of the book. And when his father wakes him up shortly after to resume their, quote, tutoring, um, all of a sudden he knows everything. Hmm. He has it all figured out. He's uh, spelling words like a champion. Um, he's almost ahead of the curve. He actually – it's so funny too because he goes from not knowing shit to knowing everything to the point where it annoyed his father so much that he, he knocked him out of the chair again. Well, he must have been from Jersey, that father of his. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't surprise Just a me. hands-on learning experience, that's oh my all. goodness. Now he hits him again because he goes, that's for, that's for making me think you're stupid. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, – Anyway, pretty interesting on that one. Now there's this idea that Edgar Casey has now convinced himself of that he can place a book underneath his pillow at night, sleep on the book, and absorb the information in the book. Mm. All right? Now, if that was true, I would know everything about <laughs> Maxim Magazine and L. McPherson's Playboy. And Hustler. Right? Yes. Hey, where in Virginia do you live? I live in Ashburn. Northern Virginia. Well, don't give away too much. People are going to show up at your house. Oh God! Yeah, you Please got don't. we got fans, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was just I was looking up his father just to see what comes up, and he's from Virginia. Oh, what part? I don't know, but I his, I'm trying to find it. I think it was this. Yeah, because Leslie Burr Casey, that's his father. Um, oh no, he died in Virginia. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Uh, now it, it gets very interesting too here because uh, he does move around a little bit. Uh, Edgar, we're talking about. So Edgar is starting his life uh, in Kentucky over here. Now, uh, imagine that, by the way, Kahuna, that you're able to just place a book underneath your pillow, and now you understand everything that was inside the book just by sleeping on it. The only thing I can think that's comparable of it is when Neo pops up from the chair in the Matrix and just goes, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> do you, do you th- I wouldn't be here. If that was possible, yeah. mm-hmm. I would be writing the best movies. I would just sleep <laughs> no, on right. script writing Bibles all the time. Knowledge by osmosis. If that- you just... Get close to that book, you're good. Do you like how selfish Kahuna is, though? Kahuna could sleep on any book and uh, instantly know the contents of it. And he goes, you have any idea how great my movies are going to be? <laughs> Kevin, maybe you should put a contest out, have yeah. people start sleeping yeah. on their books and He's see what comes out the people. next morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Pam, think about it. Kahuna yeah. could have sat there and solved world hunger. He could have uh, ensured world peace. He could yeah. have been nah. an effective leader. Talk about you know, uh, I'm good. Coming up with an effective way to handle single What did world ever do for me? Find a cure for cancer, yeah. nothing. That. It's like, no, it's a movie, but the puppet is the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Oh, wait, it's already been done. This is weird, too. Uh, he was born, Leslie was born in Christian, Kentucky. Oh. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting place out there. Uh, <laughs> Bikahuna may happen to know someone named Christian oh. who would find that kind of eerie. Hey, man, let's, uh, let's take those little nuggets and just set them adrift on memory bliss. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I know kid? exactly what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was freaking excellent, by the way. That was, was freaking excellent. I love you, buddy. It's <laughs> well, these uh, continued strange stories here, uh, uh, it leads to Edgar having a, uh, a different kind of reputation. Now, um, how old is the Jeej? Oh, she's going to be six in a couple days. Okay, that, that's, uh, that's Pam's youngest. Now, if uh, if she started telling people that she could sleep on a book and she would know the entire contents of it, we'd be proud of her because it's kind of a cool thing. But there's also going to be kids that are like, oh, I don't uh, I don't know if we can trust her. And that's kind of a weird thing here. Mm-hmm. So Edgar starts to develop this, uh, uh, quote, um, reputation for being different. And uh, other strange stories from his childhood are going to include – him getting hit in the spine with a, uh, a ball during, like, a schoolyard game, and uh, he starts acting very weird, right? So he's hurt. He's not making any sense. They think he's delirious. They make him go to sleep. And then in his sleep, 
he speaks while he's asleep in this trance-like state mm -hmm. and gives the diagnosis and the cure for what uh, how to you know get over the injury that he just suffered. And it turns out it's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they, they have him handle with now here, <laughs> So imagine you're talking in your sleep, uh, but it's accurate. Yeah. The cure for cancer. Right. Pretty much, man. Now, here's the, the weirdest part, too, is that the other story I heard that I thought this one was interesting is that uh, there's this very ornery mule in town, all right, in Kentucky, that is, uh, it, it's too wild to be broken, all right? Mm -hmm. And one day they just look around and all the people in the town are seeing and this wild mule that everybody's afraid of that, you know, kicks people and throws people off and everything like that and might as well just be brought around the side of the barn and shot. Uh, Edgar's riding it, like, peacefully, like they're best friends, like it's uh, an old family pet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's just, he's just riding this guy. And uh, the owner of the mule sees this and goes, holy shit, this, it's finally time. He's calmed down enough. We can break him in now. So now the owner of the mule hops on the thing after it drops Edgar off at home. And the fucking mule kicks him off. Yeah. All right, so this animal's still too wild for some reason. Edgar's able to to you know navigate that. I got the He's answer. He's the mule for that whisperer. One. You got the answer for that one. Yes, because I was just in Hawaii and <laughs> I was sitting with the CEO of Anto's company, and there was a guy across the way who was also a top you know sales guy, and he was a, a yogi kind of guy, and he said he grew up in India, and then he weren't into a cave with some kind of like you know yogi guy master or whatever and in walks and this is a true story I think it was a lion he said a lion and, and they were all terrified except for the yogi master who was preaching about love the more you love so I would think that Edgar was an extreme empath interesting okay because the empathy brings love and then when you become that, that feeling of love then that being is not going to feel like they're being attacked or anything like that, so they calm down too. This so your energy of, uh, when and I their fell energy. into the the pit at the Cincinnati Zoo. I was trying to talk to my friend Harambe, and uh, <laughs> it just didn't work out very well. I was reaching out to him. I said, "I want you on the podcast," and he goes, "Hang on one second. <laughs> so, so anyway, they didn't get attacked by this line. He just peacefully walked out. I the only Oof, reason uh, I I'm, I have a sick mind. I find that hilarious because if there is some otherworldly power and this dude is preaching love, the what other earthly power is like? Oh yeah, you love so much. Here's a fucking lion while you're in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> See how much you love that. Mm -hmm. well, <laughs> well, David in the lions then, right? Oh, I love this. Something to energy, I think. I love this works. quote that is that his father said about uh, Edgar sleeping in his sleep. He's Definitely the greatest fellow in the world when he's asleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's interested because that's where this stuff's starting to happen for him here now. Um, like we said, so the ornery mule, um, and then he's able to diagnose his own injuries, weird stuff like that. But now, by eighth grade, Edgar begins to exhibit his uh, psychic abilities, Pamo. Mm -hmm. So uh, Edgar remained a very bright student. Uh, he is now actually uh, considered the favorite student of the same teacher that complained about him earlier. Um, but he leaves school in ninth grade. Around that time, a ninth grade education was thought to be enough to get you That's ready it, for the real much world. It. You graduated eighth grade. It's yeah. time to get a job and which get makes real. me think because I really truly can't think of anything I learned after ninth grade in school that was relevant. <laughs> that was it. There's like, oh, you can finally read Catcher in the Rye. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I thought third grade was sufficient. <laughs> It's crazy. It's it's very weird how that stuff works. But um, I thought we, I was good after first grade, <laughs> and I I seem to be proven right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What uh, what grade do they teach you how to work the soundboard in? Mm -hmm. um, but he's still a deeply spiritual man here. Now here's the weird part. So 
he's freaked out by his own abilities. He's not exactly – he's not like – he's not sitting there like, man, I am plugged in. I am John Edwards. Welcome to Crossing Over. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a skeptic of <laughs> yeah. his own abilities. So he's freaked out by that stuff because he's trying to make sure he goes, I hope this came from God. Because yeah. if it didn't come from God, that means I'm dealing with shit I have no idea of. Mm-hmm. And, and he's freaked out by it. Right. So very deeply spiritual guy here. Um, he continues to be active in the church, and he actually meets uh, his uh, the woman who goes on to be his fiance, and then also the uh, his wife and the mother of his three children, Miss Gertrude Evans. And the two of them are just two peas in a pod, as far as I can read. Um, again, uh, Edgar is now thought to be able to uh, start seeing the auras around people. Pam, uh, mm-hmm. real quick, just for the the listeners, I've had it happen three different times to me where someone has come up to me and said, "I can see your aura." I don't mm-hmm. know if you believe this, but there's a, uh, a very uh, light blue aura surrounding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you. I've had that happen. I go, now what the, f- what does this shit mean? I, people see people in colors. Um, and I've had, I, we have a family member that can do it. I'm not going to mention their name, that they can do it. Really? It's a youngster. And um, yeah, they see you in a color, which means something. I don't know. I'm not really into the auras, but I can tell if someone's like a little gray or not. You know what I mean? I'm kind of a weird so, so when people. we see people in color, am I seeing a brown hue over the kahuna because he is uh, Latino? Me, no. or? I think it's more of the vibrant <laughs> yellows and orange, not the browns now. That's why I wore my blue but shirt. But he's a nice today. color brown. You're a very nice color brown, though. That's, Thank and you. I like your I like your antennas. They're cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, damn it. <laughs> Pam, you can't be messing with my sound engineer like that. He's looking no, for me. No, it's nice. <laughs> and I'd like to put a flower in your hair today. What do you mean antennas? Those are antennas. I'm Didn't scared. you know no, that? I'm going I'm to be cool. will be Those right are... back after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> so this aura shit is now stuff that Edgar's seeing here. And he's also hearing the voices of angels uh-huh. and deceased relatives. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Edgar's struggling with the abilities here, like we said, because he's freaked out. He's like, you know, dead pe- Imagine having The Sixth Sense but never seeing the movie The Sixth Sense to understand it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Edgar attempts a, a business partnership with his father. He doesn't want to profit off of this thing, right? So it's like uh, um, it's not it's, – I brought you in for a podcast right away, so we know how I feel about that kind of stuff today. <laughs> but, um, Edgar attempts this business partnership. He wants to sell insurance with his father. Uh, he wants to just – he's just not quite sure what he wants to do with this. He's freaked out by the powers and everything like that. There's almost always – that's another thing that goes into the, the traditional story of the hero's journey is uh, they try to deny their power, mm-hmm. right? So there's always, like, Hercules trying to live a normal life, or uh, we see it in, like, the comic book movies. They're always like, I just want to, you know... They, uh, Clark Kent's father tells him to just hide what he is because the world's not ready for him yet, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, he tries to hide that, but he can't. Um, he gets a severe case of laryngitis uh, that causes a complete and a long-term loss of his voice. He can't speak for literally about a year or so, Pam. Mm-hmm. Right. Unable to speak yeah, beyond like that. a whisper. He can whisper, but that's yeah. that's pretty much it. And it's uh, it's not good here. So um, he actually takes up a job as a photographer in the meantime because they, then you don't have to talk quite as much as a photographer. You just have to stick your head out from the other end of the camera and you know, you know stick your nose out or whatever it is or you know point your tongue. <laughs> I have a, I have a theory on that. Talk to me. <laughs> I know you do. That's why you're here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So if he can't talk, then he has to use that other sense to strengthen it. If he was working with God in commune with God, with God. Then he would lose that sense to enable him to make the other one more heightened, so that he could help people, because that's basically what he was sent here for. 
Interesting. So, yeah, another, so this hi- could have another been a- hypothesis is, is so, that if he's selling insurance, that's really not helping people because your job as an insurance salesman is to get people to buy stuff <laughs> that they really don't need. Yeah. And also, what if you can see their future a little bit? And like, do I really need flood yeah. insurance? Uh, uh, no. Yeah, you're going to need it. Uh, <laughs> right. I saw Meanwhile, in Christian, yeah. Kentucky, excuse me, ma'am, do you need some volcano insurance today? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, uh, after about a year or so without uh, having his voice now, a traveling stage hypnotist uh, finds out about Edgar's uh, uh, you know, ailment, if you will, and attempts to cure him via hypnosis. you ever been hypnotized, Kahuna? No. I don't uh, think I ever would be. I had, uh, I've had a friend try it with me. Now, the, the running joke is that uh, Sigmund Freud supposedly said that uh, of the Irish – that the Irish are the only people that uh, are impervious to psychoanalysis. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Got to have something there to start yeah, with. It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the idea that they bury everything so deeply that they'll never admit it. You know, but, um, Under lots and lots of booze, there's yeah. some resemblance of a soul. Well, there there are bitter people, as we've covered. <laughs> so, um, now, uh, to the shock of those that are witnessing this, Edgar actually agrees, and the hypnotist puts him into the trance. And these people in the room are absolutely freaked the fuck out because when he's deep in this trance, Edgar's voice returns. Okay, so now the hypnotist mm-hmm. gets him out of his little shell here. But when he comes out of the trance, he can't speak again. Mm-hmm. So in the trance, for some reason, that, that hitting that level of your subconscious, he uh, – th- they refer to it as a, 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 a psychological paralysis. Right. I was going to just say that it probably yeah. there would if you were going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever they'd probably just say, "Oh, you're just turning off that sense because you don't want people to know that you have this." Maybe he was a little insecure about. It's like when you eat mushrooms yeah. and you feel like your third eye is about to open up on your <laughs> That's forehead. That's right. It's popping out. <laughs> <that. laughs> Why is um, the grass talking to me? That's a, <laughs> also true. Oh, those fairies are back. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there are any wild mushrooms that grow in Kentucky. Look at those little people down there. We're we're on a skyscraper, Kevin. It's an airplane. You're looking down. Um, There's something on the wing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now uh, he's not able to. The guy's name was uh, he was known as the Laughing Man. Okay, that was his name. He was the Laugh Man. And uh, he had to uh, get to another gig. So he left. Uh, but he admitted that he thinks that the reason he failed on Edgar to not restore his voice in his normal uh, non-trance state is because uh, he wasn't able to bring him into the, quote, third state of suggestion. So you have to get deeper and deeper. There's that whole power of suggestion thing. It's all the uh, the people that are into, like, the motivational tapes and stuff like that. You play mm-hmm. and it goes, you're going to accomplish your goals, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that other shit. So <laughs> now another hypnotist is brought in and again places Mr. Casey. Edgar Casey is now placed deep into a hypnotic trance. This is the one where I got up and walked around the house for a couple minutes, okay? Um, Edgar begins uh, answering the hypnotist when the hypnotist asks him to describe his ailment using his voice, but it's a slightly different voice, and Edgar answers in the plural sense. He starts saying, we. Mm. We are experiencing this. We have this. We have And then whenever a entity would come and, and uh, be able to speak to him where he could perform one of these readings that he's about to get very, very well known for, he would always uh, start off by saying, we have the body. And it would be that Edgar's not here right now, mm. but whatever you want to talk to is. Mm. So it freaks you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you get up and turn the TV on and just play the Yes Network uh, in the background uh, for <laughs> a couple minutes. not here right now. Yep. Please yeah. leave a message <laughs> after the beep. <laughs> she sleeps above her sheets, Egon. Yeah. Five feet above her sheets. <laughs> so, um, Happy 35th, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Now, uh, whenever he's in his sleeping trance, Edgar's voice would change to that plural, like we said here. But now this time, Casey's uh, voice actually returns. 
and he tells the hypnotists, uh, he's literally, as he's still in the trance, his voice is returned, and he said that if you increase the blood flow um, to his vocal cords, that he'll be able to overcome this psychological paralysis like mm-hmm. we were talking about, Pam. Mm-hmm. And they literally say that while he's sitting there, his cheeks got red again, and that the increased blood flow was going through him there, and all of a sudden his voice is back. Now, he relapsed a couple of times, but eventually this became like a full-time cure. So his voice is now back. Uh, he's being contacted by his other things. Now he can do these readings from the other side. Yeah, LP, you ever go ahead. Explain the readings, though, because, I mean, the readings is when he puts himself into a later. Now, once the, the hypnotist uh, incident uh, goes on, now he put, can puts himself into a uh, self-induced trance, if you will. And he's making all these predictions or uh, ideas in his sleep. And he becomes known as the sleeping prophet. That mm-hmm. all of his, and then all of these prophecies in his sleep um, are becoming pretty famous, and people are are coming to him to make these these readings, these prophecies that are now being called the readings rather than uh, trances or something. And uh, even later on. You don't even have to show up. You just mail him a letter, send him a letter explaining <laughs> your situation, and he'll be able to put to himself it. into a trance mm-hmm. and uh, give you a reading uh, on your particular ailment just via United States Postal Service. Now, here's why he's fascinating is that uh, I remember back in the day, if I wanted like the, the special edition G.I. Joe's, you had to have a proof of purchase <laughs> from something. So that's what you're sending. You're sending your you know, this letter out to him, and then some psychic out in Kentucky is going to tell you what's going on with your life. So very interesting here. But this is where Edgar Casey is a fascinating guy, too, is because where there's a lot of people that couldn't wait to attempt to capitalize on this by, oh, well, we're going on tour. Mm. Oh, I'm going to have a TV show. I'm going to do this. Edgar Casey's like, I I don't want any money for mm-hmm. this. He goes, I'll do it, but it's to help people. That's right. why the gift is here. That's I right. don't want money. And these people, he gets into, there's one guy named Ketchum, that, uh, Dr. Ketchum, that he and uh, him were working together uh, for a while. And what the agreement they come to is that the readings are free. They're going to go into business together. They have mm-hmm. a, a building together. Um, but inside of the office that they have, he has to have a photography studio set up as well so he can still make money by doing that. So, so it's like we'll have the main gig set up, but then in the back, behind yeah, the bead uh, door, is the, the psychic readings. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there was – I forget what it was, but there was always a, a, a funny gambit. It's like – it's actually for the breweries around here. Uh, you're allowed to taste samples oh, of some yeah. of the beers, but you're not allowed to drink the beer there. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a bar, but you're allowed to enjoy a sample. Mm. There's there's a little – there's a leeway. So. <laughs> but uh, as my father said, this guy's he picks up the reputation. He's now the sleeping prophet. He can just loosen his tie up, lay down on a trance-like state in this couch or something like that. And he'll, you know, his voice will change a little bit, and all of a sudden the we starts coming out, and he's able to, to and he's he's hitting a lot of this stuff with eerie accuracy. Mm-hmm. Now he's also big on, uh, he has no medical training yet. He's able to tell people what their ailments are, and then also uh, prescribe like some sort of a cure. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you need to exercise a little bit more uh, at night, so that way you'll start sleeping better because you'll be more tired. Or uh, you need a vacation down by the water because the crystals in the, the sand mm-hmm. down by the beach have a healing property mm-hmm. to them. Uh, and then the voice tells him eventually later on, oh, you should also move to Virginia Beach. <laughs> That's the first time he may have said, oh, should I get – I mean, the voice has said we have to do it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, also- he, his, I think the biggest um, – number of uh, these readings were for medical benefit that uh, people had some mm-hmm. type of an ailment that uh, and I think early on when he was first discovered this ability there was some some guys that were trying to 
have him predict the, who's mm-hmm. going to win the, the fourth race of Belmont kind of a thing. Because he would be in the trance-like state, and then people would take advantage of him while he was under. So then the, these guys that were doing it, because you were right, they would come in and they, would, they wanted to know what the horse race, uh, let's, we're betting on the ponies, mm-hmm. tell right. us which one's to pick. And he would, sometimes he would get it right, okay? But it was happening enough times that uh, finally he told, um, he, 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 he was in the trance-like state, and he's not aware of the shit that he's saying while he's in the trance-like state. So that's why it would freak him out that all of a sudden he's giving medical advice. Because one of his other quotes, too, was, all I have to do is be wrong once on this medical shit, and I'm, I'm a fucking murderer. Right. I'm, I'm <laughs> really putting a hurting on somebody, and that's not what he was all about. He was about helping people. Yeah. So that was for it. So now he realized he's being taken advantage of. So what happened was uh, he, in a trance-like state, he goes, I'm being taken advantage of, and uh, we are not going to tolerate this anymore. We are going to take away the powers if, uh, if we continue to try to do this. And so after that... A family member had to be in all sessions with him to make sure that he wasn't being taken advantage of. In these, uh, there's a couple of sessions they even talk about that got quote violent, where people are freaking out or that they're going a little too hard on him or something like that. Because he talked about how often this would be physically draining for him, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all that other stuff. But um, all it took was he had to be wrong on one thing, and all of a sudden he's got a murderer's vibe going on with him. And the doctors are pissed off at this guy too, and a lot of people are starting to call him a quack. But then other people are coming, so his fame continues to grow. He actually gets. Uh, called the Sleeping Prophet in an October 9th, 1909 New York Times article extolling Edgar's psychic powers, all right? Yeah, so some some guy from backwoods Kentucky is now making uh, major headlines uh, far beyond uh, Christian County, Kentucky, that uh, New York Times is paying attention to what's going on with the... It's getting the, wild, The too. readings that this guy is, is being able to come away with. He also later gets mentioned in Hearst's Chicago Examiner, William Randolph Hearst. Hearst right. he, his newspaper is now covering Edgar uh, Casey here. Now, the other thing that Casey's doing, too, is a lot of the stuff he's saying, Pamo, is diet-related. So he's saying, diet, like, yes. uh, you need to eat more fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. or, oh, you need to eat more corn. And I realized And he wasn't big on red meat. Was not big on red Now, the other thing that was made me, made me laugh here was that uh, he's big on corn. Corn and tomatoes were his two, like, power foods, yeah, apparently. corn is supposed to be bad for you now, dude. Well, yeah. it's in the funny, though, too, because what is corn? High source of fiber. So he comes from the same school of thought as Pammy, yes. where you don't feel good, take he's a shit. from my planet. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see what you just ate. Yeah, <laughs> let it out. And let Kevin, me tell you. come uh, on. Doesn't work. It works. It does work. You it, got a headache, take shit. It's unfortunately correct. You have to chug Before enough water fly, and coffee to take the shit. But. You don't want to get nauseous? Go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like clockwork. You got to do this. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of notions on uh, diet and health. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. that he would. And uh, a lot of it still checks out. That that's that food combining thing. Like the Gracie family mm-hmm. in, uh, in Brazil, the, the crazy UFC fighters, the mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu guys, they all have been practicing food combining since like medieval times almost. Oh, yeah. And it all checks out with the same shit that this guy somehow knew. So that there's, there's a sense of ancient wisdom that's also modern in a sense. Right. It's kind of cool. Right. What is old is new again. Uh, right. Therapeutic, <laughs> therapeutic use of food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, <laughs> if you got a headache, take a you shit. Should. Well, what's going to make you take a shit? Well, have some prunes. It'll, yeah. uh, it's therapeutic. Yeah. Um, and also the whole acid uh, alkaline uh, thing was also, too. The pH of what you're eating yeah. is going to have a definite uh, balance on your on your well-being. Well, the other one, too, that uh, uh, stood out to me here as well is that these healing prescriptions that Edgar's able to deal out, um, a lot of them are for people. Now, they later on reveal that a lot of the people that wrote to him were already dead by the time he was reading the letter. So they don't know if he was attempting to communicate with dead people or just giving out advice that was completely ridiculous. They couldn't quite tell on that one. But here's two examples that will freak you the fuck out a little bit, Kahuna. His own wife, Gertrude, 
comes down with a fatal case of tuberculosis. And uh, through one of his readings, he cures her tuberculosis, tells her exactly what she needs to do, and saves her life. She remains alive. She dies three months after Edgar dies. So he's on his way to becoming a widower, and all of a sudden, he goes, oh, no, uh, tomatoes and corn. Take a shit, kid. Take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) uh, She goes ahead, and now she is able to beat tuberculosis, which for the times is still, I mean, mean, it's ridiculous here. Now, he also has one of his kids. He has three children. One child dies, unfortunately. And then uh, one of the other children burns themselves with the flash powder from the photography studio, burns their eyes and can't see. And uh, through another one of his readings, he restores the sight of the child. Wow. So there's some weird shit going on here. He's definitely on to something. He's, he, uh, even when he was guessing the ponies, they said that he was right, but about as often as luck would have it. So it wasn't like he was killing it. He wasn't, you know, it's not Rain Man, but he's getting shit in right enough times that it's concerning. <laughs> well, isn't gambling, like, it, if he did have these powers, isn't gambling, like, considered, like, a sin? So, like, I, I guess it would be kind of appropriate for it to kind of shut off. Yeah, it's like, um, on, it's like you said, if you could read every book and, and figure everything out, God's given you a power and your immediate thing is you're like, we're going to make uh, gremlins again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So it's the same thing with that here. But now after a, a couple of few particularly violent readings um, where people would be coming at him with all sorts of stuff, he's now starting to realize just how much uh, it's taking out of him to do these readings. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's kicking the shit out of him. He is uh, emotionally and physically worn out and he had decided that uh, he's now only going to use his ability to help the distressed and the sick, okay? Uh, the voice continues to talk to him and say that, uh, you know, you can do this, but you have to use it for the proper use, if you will. And uh, Casey now also starts keeping a stenographer with him in the room during the trances and is shocked in 1923. Because remember, he doesn't mm-hmm. know the shit he's saying when he's under, okay? Right, right. He does, it's almost like giving I, you I have no idea. He had no recall. And yeah, there wasn't really a tape recorder going to record that, so the best you could do was to have a, sono- a sonographer in the room. I had a, I had a, a friend, um, I won't say her name, but uh, she was telling me that when she had her wisdom teeth taken out and they were doping her up, that apparently she couldn't stop talking about the show How I Met Your Mother. And she was talking to the <laughs> dentist, and they're like, oh, you love that show, How I Met Your Mother. And then she goes after, she goes, Kevin? Never seen an episode. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently when she was doped up in the dentist's office, she's like, you have to watch this show. (laughs) So a little bit freaked out here on this one. Uh, Keeps the sonographer with him. Now in 1923, he finds out that during one of his readings in the trance-like state, he at length had discussed reincarnation Mm -hmm. and the past lives of Mr. Arthur Lammers. This disturbed Edgar because reincarnation is not accepted as a teaching in the Christian doctrine. So now he's like, there's no way I'm talking about this. I don't even know anything about this. And Mr. Lammers is like, no, actually, you you pretty much said everything in this book that I have about reincarnation. So I know that you're right on this one. He also had a weird uh, – one weird belief they, they say is completely wrong about it. Polygyny, I want to call it, Dad. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe that's – yeah. So that's the belief of uh, – Polygenism. Yeah, polygenism, which is uh, – that there's uh, there's five tribes of people, if you will. Well, five mm-hmm. five different varieties of, of Genesis. That uh, the five human races that you have a white, a black, a red, a brown, and a yellow. Yeah. So, <laughs> and yeah. they all they all showed up at the same time. So, so you might it. have you might have an Adam and Eve type story, but that's happening five times. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what makes me laugh too about that? Because that's largely been dispelled. There's uh, they, they now now monogyny. I want to say. Mon- yeah. Whatever. Whatever the opposite of the poly is, it's Single, now the one. So right. it's the idea we all did come from that. So that that most people agree on that one here. Now they're saying uh, a lot of people tried to accuse him of being racist for having that idea. 
uh, not during the time, but in, in retrospect. But then they realize it's actually just the people that he was reading about, the people that were influencing him, like uh, this one, Madam Something, very, very you know, funky. That's what she thought was going on. There's also the, uh, the race of the Atlanteans. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I think he Atlantis. also he also he held a job in a in a, a bookstore type of a thing. So he had a lot of different uh, he had a great availability to a lot of different theories or books or that type of thing. And, and, and let's face say. it, if you can fall asleep on top of a book and you're absorbing everything within that mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. Uh, you know you can you can become well <laughs> well yeah, read first. real quick. Yeah. And uh, all these different concepts or ideas. I mean, that's one of the, the, the skeptics would say that, yeah, he might have read about that in a newspaper article or something like that, or somebody's making some kind of a prediction. Well, that's or like that's like Pammy's dad, Uncle Paulie. <laughs> Uncle Paulie knows a little something about everything. But you press him past the little something, he's just going to go. He's going to go on instinct at that point. <laughs> right. Like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's the uh, <laughs> there's almost a Cheers vibe to him with yeah. uh, Cliff and Norm. <laughs> um, but it always makes me laugh at that stuff. Now, he's freaked out by this one because he doesn't know shit about what he's talking about on this one. So now he's nervous because he's giving out health advice to people with ailments that he's hoping he's correct about. And now also apparently he's reading the past lives of stuff, you know, some rich dude that's coming to him here. Now, uh, around this time frame, the we voice instructs him to, as we said, move to Virginia Beach, which I guess if you have to go, Pam. You, you got to go. <laughs> um and he believed in, uh, like we said, the sand has these uh, crystals in the sand itself that's also going to assist him with healing properties. Um, but in 1825, Edgar is fully involved in what they consider like the respectable part of his life. here. He's got a respectable business and regularly documented readings. Um, the documented readings from these stenographers, there's over 14,000 of them kept in his library right. in Virginia Beach, open and available to the public. Mm-hmm. So if we have any listeners down there in the area, check this shit out. Message me on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Let me know what you guys want. Because we got my, my buddy uh, Alex Alvarez. He went to um, uh, the jail where they hung the Molly Maguires based off of listening to it on this uh, you know, this oh, very right, right. He so, made a field trip. I, I want to make a field trip there's, too. Uh, there's Virginia a lot of Beach. cool. Uh, a I've lot looked of, it up a couple years ago and I want to go. you got to check this out and let yeah. me know what you find out for me then. Um, now, this is where it gets wacky. Uh, he supposedly also predicted the Great Depression. Um he has his own university because he had a Casey Hospital as well that uh, there was a month's waiting list to sign up to go receive services from him and the other doctors here. You're saying this is where it gets wacky? I thought it got, I thought, yeah. right, right, right. I thought it got wacky when the kid uh, would say how to fix things in his sleep. Well, it was, sleep uh, on books and then know how to yeah. know about the book. But this is where it gets wacky. You should say that, but the uh, the little people are crawling up on the you know the ones and twos right now sitting there on the audio board just staring back at yeah. me. But if you look through them hard enough, Kahuna. They're giving you the finger, Kev. I see him. <laughs> um, now, Edgar has, uh, at this point, founded um, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, ARE, mm-hmm. which uh, they are very proud of this guy, too. Um, Edgar begins performing up to eight readings a day around this time because it's also the time frame of World War II. So, Great Depression, he's got all these people coming to him saying, when are, when's my luck going to turn around? Am I going to be okay here? Am I fucking up? Do I need to go into another field? And then, after that, you have World War II. And now all the family members are freaking out. They're saying, well, what's going on with my nephew? Is my nephew okay? Is my son okay? Who's, you know, what's going on here? Is my dad going to come back from the war? All these people want to know. And he's freaked out because he's getting so much mail at this point. He starts doing eight readings a day. And literally, while he's sitting there on the couch, imagine seeing someone talking in their sleep. I've said some weird stuff in my sleep before. I've had people tell me. Um, But... Imagine someone's in their sleep and they're having a conversation back and forth with themselves, but the two voices are different, and one of them goes, we. 
as in mm-hmm. that there's a, a person they're speaking for. So right. mm-hmm. uh, the voices are even telling him that he, well, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, we're taking too much out of you. Yeah, you the know? voices are asking, "Are you the key master?" Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or as uh, one of my favorite stand-up specials of all time was uh, Doug Stanhope's uh, um, No Refunds. And he has a great joke in there that goes, uh, uh, imagine that, that uh, not only are the voices in your head there, but they're accurate. <laughs> so, oh, no. um, yeah, he has founded this group or whatever. He's doing these eight readings a day. And he's starting to get more and more press now because near the end of World War II, they're calling him the Miracle Man of Virginia Beach. Okay, and his critics claim that he just merely has this photographic memory, like you said, Dad, and he read so many fucking books that he's able to say a little bit about everything. Um, but he's diving into uh, he's, they're studying psychic ability, they're studying the potential of other clairvoyance, uh, people's past lives, their spiritual side, their uh, esotericism. Is that correct, yeah. Pammy? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Casey's ability and reputation continues to grow in parts to uh, you know more and more newspaper coverage, like we said. Uh, those are good nicknames. The Sleeping Prophet, the Miracle Man of Virginia Beach. Yeah. That's not too bad. It's that's, that's not a bad handle. Yeah, it makes you really feel lazy for calling him the Kahuna, right? <laughs> but no, it's the big Kahuna. So. Also true. Um, he gets it. Now these voices are warning him that they're saying that uh, uh, you need to rest until you heal or you die. That's how bad it's gotten because he's working way too hard at this point. And at age sixty-seven. Edgar suffers a stroke that would take his life within the year. So he suffers the stroke by doing too many readings. He goes down to just two a day, right? Still has the stroke and then dies within a year. All right. Edgar dies on January 3rd, 1945. All right. He is remembered by his admirers as a man of faith. All right. But dismissed by the critics who call his readings useless at best and harmful at worst. All right. So it's like you said, Pammy, if you go to a holistic doctor and you're eating a little bit more tomatoes than you normally did, is that really the end of the world? No. You know what I mean? You're gonna, you might break out or yeah. have a symptom of an allergy that you may have. Yeah, but if they get your medication wrong, you'd be in the hospital. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I agree with you on that one. Now, the research uh, association, the ARE, they continue their research to this day. And like we said, over 14,000 of his readings are not only documented but also brought out for cross-examination on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. They're very big on the science part of this. They are faith-based scientists, which I know mm-hmm. some people are like, oh, that's an oxymoron, but – you know, it's just people that are looking for logical answers that still happen to have a, you know, to, to mm-hmm. believe in a Christian sense of a God. Magic so. is just science we don't understand yet. Ah, mm-hmm. look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the uh, ARE or the Association for Research and Enlightenment, this is something that was incorporated, I mean, back in 1931, and it's still going on. It was, yes. Casey was the, you know, the large and in charge on that whole thing. So and never really did make a whole lot of money. Uh, you know that they were struggling financially because thirty-one, and you're in, you're in the middle of the depression, um, so things were. It, he didn't try to make a whole lot of money on on this, which is one of the arguments against the idea that he's a quack or or you know just some bogus. Yeah, uh, if he was a quack, he would have profited. Right, right. Yeah. That he would he would have been a, um, yeah self-fulfilling uh, on, a, on the monetary value kind of a thing and, or, you know, making bucks off of this. And uh, that wasn't the case, really. That it's like when you see L. Ron Hubbard. Um, he literally is talking about uh, that there's a, a correspondence from him to one of his wives or something like that when he goes, uh, he goes, can't wait to get out of this stupid science fiction author business and get into religion where I can make some real money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exact quote from L. Ron Hubbard, too. Right. Exact quote. Oh, right. My. All right. Kahuna, while, uh, while wrapping up over here, can I ask you to look something up for me? There's a movie with um, – it was with Joaquin Phoenix, 
and it was uh, one of uh, what was the guy? He had three names. He looks like Jim Gaffigan. He's an amazing actor. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name here. Well, you ought to go into did a trance right away now. Recently? Yes, he did of heroin. I'm thinking. Oh of, shit! I know his name. So give me give me a second because yeah, I actually know where the I yeah, know where it, the fuck it is. You want to put your head back and go into a little trance? Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. There. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> My yeah, father yeah. said, "You want to go into a trance to remember his name?" <laughs> the spirit of Philip Seymour Hoffman is here with me, and he goes. <laughs> so, um, no, uh, he was in a movie where they uh, they spoofed a guy. Um, it was supposed to be kind of ripping on, uh, I think it was called The Apostle or The Prophet or something like that. I forget what it was. Um, but uh, it had uh, Joaquin Fe- It was one of his last movies. But what they were doing in the movie was he was kind of a... Uh, God's Pocket? No, uh, give me one second here. to uh, uh, Scroll over to the left. Uh, let's see. The Invention of Lying, Doubt, No, Moneyball... They're kidding me here. A most haunted man. What the hell are they doing to me? Take a little nap, Kev. It'll come mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, I guess so, apparently. Um. So, Anyway, the point is is that Joaquin Phoenix was in the movie, so we'll look it up that way maybe. But uh, in the movie, it's he's an L. Ron Hubbard type who's clearly a huckster, but then he starts to develop real things that he's starting to notice. And so then they kind of blur into this Edgar Casey story. That's what reminds me. The master. Me. The master. There it is. Oh. Thank you, sir. Um, now, here are a couple of the things that Edgar Casey predicted correctly. You ready for this one? Because mm-hmm. he had some shit he was wrong about. But right. you know what? What is re- how can everything be perfect? Like even medicine, when they study it, they have to research for years and years and years. So that's, they're bringing that's why you it practice back. Practice medicine. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Practice you got to keep medicine. bringing this back too, right? Mm-hmm. So that they can figure it out. And that's why a lot of them too are calling them quack, uh, quackery kind of a mm-hmm. thing because if you maybe know, from Doctor whatever whatever goes <laughs> against the American Medical Association is going to be considered right. quackery, right? Yeah, and if, AMA uh, doesn't really believe in. Uh, um, what am I talking about? The uh, when you're adjusting your chiropractic type medicine, or uh, I've, it, it's scary. You, you think know. chiropractors are legit, and then you find out you're like, how many people a year do they kill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, check this out. I, I want to throw these at you guys here. Here's some interesting stuff that uh, Mr. Edgar Casey predicted and was right about. He predicted, and by the way, in his own time, he had a, a, an admirer and I believe a face-to-face correspondence with President Woodrow Wilson. Unfortunately. Uh, he predicted that Woodrow Wilson was going to die in office, and he was correct. He also predicted the death of John F. Kennedy. Woodrow Wilson died in office? That's what, uh, that's what they're saying over here. Oh, he, that's what he predicted? Yes. Okay. So right. uh, in 1939, Casey predicted a division between capital and labor. Okay, what does that sound like? Proletariats, yeah. communism, czarist Russia, the Bolsheviks. So interesting stuff with that. Uh, Casey does predict the deaths of uh, Woodrow Wilson and JFK. All right. He also predicts the stock market crash. Okay. Supposedly, in 1924 is when he predicts the stock market's going to crash and starts warning his clients of the pending losses and telling themselves how to defend themselves from the losses. Nobody listens to him. Everybody loses everything. Mm. All right. So it's you don't want to listen to me then. Go shit in a hat. So. Take a shit. You Take feel a shit, better. <laughs> Uh, now, they didn't listen, all right? And then the Great Depression that followed the stock market crash was also something he had predicted. Another prediction of his, that he, he often talked about Russia, okay? Because mm-hmm. Russia, if you remember at this time, Russia is a fallen kingdom, post-World War I. That, I think that's the most fascinating time ever, is when Russia goes from the autocracy and these beautiful palaces to now it's the, the Bolsheviks and the, 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 you know, the Reds are in charge and taking over the world and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, he predicts that the fall of the Soviet Union 
which from 1911 time frame, from when Tsarist Russia fell, the time of Rasputin, all the way to, uh, you know, Reagan, you know, uh, Russia's a hot commodity then. There's still a hot commodity to this day. And if you're listening over in Russia, um, thank you guys. All right, thank you. <laughs> but um, They did tear down the wall. Yeah. Predict- <laughs> he predicts the fall of the Soviet Union uh, and that uh, he proclaimed, this is an exact quote from Casey, freedom would return to the people of Russia following the collapse of what they call Bolshevism. So once they realize that shit ain't going to work, they'd get a little bit of economic freedom back. So it's debatable, but they're not quite the, the, the hard – the Iron Curtain isn't in place like it once was. Right. So number four thing that he predicted, the Jews would return to Israel. All right. Did you guys know that Lakewood is part of Israel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, geez, but, uh, so in 1932, Casey predicts what would happen in 1948, that the Jews would make their biblical Old Testament return to the Holy Land. And Casey foresaw the creation of the state of Israel. All right, so he knew they were going to go back. That was a thing he, he kind of called. Um, number five, the fall of Hitler. Casey called in 1934 that Hitler would take power over all of Germany, but warned of his pending imperialism. And uh, there's also a weird one too, Nostradamus. Uh, he, a French uh, you know, clairvoyant, if you will, who could attempt to predict the future. Um, he actually had it down that Hitler was one of the uh, three antichrists, okay? And even had it down to that he's going to rule a country he's not from, which is uh, Hitler was born in Austria right. and not Germany. Right. Mm. So, and then the other one was that uh, he got so close to it, he was one letter off, he thought the guy's name was going to be Hister. H-I-S-T-E-R. Right. He goes, one letter off, you know what I mean? So, freaks you out about That's that one. pretty good. Now, the worst part is that th- this one scared the shit out of me. Uh, they used to say that Mavis... M-A-B-U-S was the, the name of the third one, the third Antichrist that was coming. So people were trying to play around with that. Uh, George W. Bush, Mabus, Barack Obama, Obama, Mabus. Uh, and then what's his name? Mabus was a secretary of defense in the Bush administration, wasn't he? I think so. I'm pretty sure he was. So they're still toying around with that one. There's always They're always waiting for the announcement of the third Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like an iPhone. We're all just can't wait. <laughs> but that's, that's Nostradamus. That's not Casey. That was Nostradamus calling that one. Right. But now for the fall of Hitler called by Mr. Casey, he called 1934 that the imperialism is coming here on this one. Now, Pam, you said something here earlier. Mm-hmm. The shifting of Earth's poles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the moving of Earth's crust. This theory has been confirmed by NASA. So Casey was in tune to something that NASA has proved him right about. Uh, in 1935, he calls for revolutions. Okay, two countries are going to have massive revolutions. Spain has their civil war, and Stalin uh, begins the purges. You know, to, uh, hey, communism's going to work, guys. We all have to pitch in. Some of you are more than others. Yeah. <laughs> um, Those that say, no, it's not, well, you're out. That's right. <laughs> we'll take care of it's you. It's a team effort, isn't it? But what about... <laughs> yeah, Papa Joe. Um, number eight, Russia will one day be an ally to the United States. And uh, they said that that was achieved by when the Soviet Union fell and Russia came to the table, all thanks to some wild man named Ronald Reagan. So um, in number nine, he predicted his own death in the wee voice. That's creepy. That one freaked me out a little bit. One of his final readings was of himself to learn how to handle his death that was coming. Um, And then number 10, here we go. He was big on Atlantis, Dad. Oh, All right. Yeah. Now, if you know no. about Atlantis, it's a theme park in the Bahamas. <laughs> um, now, Atlantis, uh, he predicted we would find the sunken world of Atlantis by the end of the 1940s and that we would have discovered their death ray, which he thinks 
was part of it. He thought there were these power crystals that powered Atlantis and that uh, the misuse of them uh, is what caused mm-hmm. Atlantis to explode and sink beneath the surface. The lost continent of Atlantis. It, well said. Yeah. Well said. Now, here's what's crazy, too. If uh, Atlantis did have power crystals that then erupted and, and caused them to sink, wouldn't that kind of look and seem similar to a person back then who grew up in rural farmland, Kentucky, that maybe that's how he perceived the Manhattan Project, Dad? Well, yeah. Yeah, the, the atomic, Atlantis the atomic death age, ray. The introduction of the atomic age, right? Yeah, the Atlantis death ray could just be the atom bomb. I thought that was kind of interesting to talk about, too, man. But uh, he also, like we said, believed in... Uh, he had but a I think, uh, before you jump into that okay. other one, that, that could also be going back to the horoscope thing, that, you know, if you're exchanging horoscopes with one another, you could probably find something in... I could find something in Kahuna's horoscope that would speak to me and, and vice versa. That, exactly. You know, if, yeah. if, if but it depends on thinking planet, of death ray, well, oh, yeah, the atomic bomb, that must have been the death ray. Well, maybe it's some kind of a laser thing that hasn't even happened yet that it's you know 20 years out from now well they said nostradamus too that he had this uh the stuff that he couldn't describe was because it was just technology that wasn't from his time that they thought he was seeing so i wonder how much of that is true with mr casey as well Mm -hmm. so weird shit with that one now he had a bunch of shit he was wrong about this is one of the ones he was wrong about that i thought was interesting was uh casey was often wrong he predicted chaos in los angeles san francisco and eventually the destruction of new york now uh when he thinks all these bad, crazy... Is that the Watts riots? No, it could be uh, 9-11. What, what about what's going on now in, in uh, California with all those... Oh, homeless people? Yeah, homeless people. Oh, he's... <laughs> home. Tell well, me he's referring to those riots in the 90s in L.A. Well, I wonder, because it makes you think about that one. Now, this is my theory, Kuna. This is just me thinking here. And like my father said, sometimes we try to uh, we, we try to bend the narrative to go with it, because we, we almost want his predictions to be true. What if the chaos he saw taking place in the Bay Area... Is actually just a Raiders game. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, Imagine man. seeing the Raiders fans with their war paint on and how much of you know. And he sees that he's like, how wild war. those guys are. You know, like my God, <laughs> the apocalypse is nigh. No, no, that's the Tuck rule. <laughs> so some of his other clients, because you were saying some people he was affiliated with were like Thomas Edison, mm-hmm. Irving Berlin, and George Gershwin, which I thought was actually just kind of interesting. <laughs> like it's it's it goes from politician to inventor to musicians, so and that's that's about it. That was the creme de la creme of the mm-hmm. time, though. I mean, if you wanted to have people yeah, that was, were fans of your pretty work, heavy hitters. they yeah. read the newspapers. It, very true. <laughs> um, now uh, his readings, like we said, can still be found down in Virginia Beach. So I'm I'm looking forward to hearing a follow up on this one from you here, Pamela. Okay, I um, gotta go now. That's it. Yeah. I'm gonna take my my little tribe with me and go research. Well, LP, before we wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to get into on this guy? No, I just that that whole uh, Atlantis thing with that. You know, he was uh, a big believer in that lost uh, continent of of Atlantis, and part of his. the group that he formed, the, the ARE, the... Uh, American Research and Enlightenment. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, the Association for Research and Enlightenment. I apologize. The Association for Research and Enlightenment, right, the ARE, which is in Virginia Beach, still headquartered in Virginia Beach. Um, they also uh, fund um, diving expeditions in the in the Bahamas, I believe, or at least in the ca- Caribbean, in search of uh, further evidence of the lost planet uh, lost planet <laughs> the lost continent of, uh, well, of we don't Atlantis. know maybe you're on to something maybe you know? that's yeah. a Freudian slip from yeah. beyond uh, no, we don't well, there know. you go Matt. did we say that or did I say that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was something 
that I found I was reading about him because I was following along. Because this dude, this is oddly fascinating, but this was wasn't really relevant to his psychic stuff. But he invented a a card game called Pit, but it got oh. stolen from him. Mm. Yeah, and, thought uh, that was interesting. And there was another one because he was big on board games. He was re- was he really? Yeah, he was big on board. He created another one too that um, I think the Pit one. He sent for um, to get a patent from the company. He goes, hey, guys, I got this great idea. And they're like, that is a great idea. Uh, I mean, it's ours now. You're not getting any credit for it. Fuck you. But right, right. <laughs> And there was another one, too. It was on, uh, based off of wheat trading, I think. Your board of trades. There it was. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an interesting guy here, Mr. Casey. But I wanted to cater it to this because I know that uh, – we, I tend to be overly cynical, so I wanted to have my uh, uh, my, my free spirited cousin Pam on <laughs> to kind of give us the uh, the other side the of balance. the argument here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say that because he didn't profit off of it, I'm going to say he probably genuinely believed whatever he was seeing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, um, the guy's definitely not a jerk. There's no there's nothing jerky about him here. But Pam, I, I, think, almost, I almost feel bad calling him an American loser. Well, yeah. you think he, Pam? You think he was real or no? Though you think he oh, believed heck, it? Yes, yeah? I believe it. Yeah. What about you, Cohns? I mean, I understand the skepticism around it, but again, it goes back to that genuineness. He didn't seem to charge, like, he didn't right. go all out for it. Like, he, he kind of seemed scared by it, too. Well, uh, you're familiar with the term mesmerizing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what if I told you that came from a German guy, a German philosopher named Franz Mesmer? It's a true story. Franz Mesmer is the guy, who, and he was big on the illusions, attempting to contact the dead, all this other stuff. So the term mesmerize comes from Franz Mesmer. So when you're the first guy to come up with something, it becomes your name. So uh, like, if I got very well known for slamming a car door shut on my head, it would be called a Burkism. You know what I mean? Or something like that. But uh, anybody else have anything you want to hop in here before we roll out? Because we got Father's Day shit to do. <laughs> Amen. We got to eat. It's true. Yeah, that's Uncle right. Paulie's cooking up a storm right Uh-oh. now. Kahuna, you're invited if you want to come. Yeah, come. Um, if you guys don't uh, know this already, uh, I do do stand-up comedy. You can check me out at, uh, at KP Burke Sucks on Twitter and Instagram, KP Burke on Facebook. The website is uh, KP Burke Comedy, I guess. I forget. I don't know. Natty Bumpercard did the website for me. He's a good guy, but you know, I never heard from him again after it was up. So <laughs> Anyway, uh, but uh, June 28th and June 29th, I'm going to be down at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club. I'm going to be featuring for uh, Joseph Anthony, who's a funny guy over there. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, so come on down and check that out if you guys want to come see the show. Uh, let me know on that one. Also, if you want to come by, uh, I'll be at a, a hair salon in Nutley on Friday around 7, getting my hair cut. All right. So you come hang out there. We'll talk wow, about the podcast or something. That? Yeah, I'll allow it to happen. Don't get it all them? cut, though. I like it's it a, long. Please. No, we are going to keep growing the hair. I'll put a flower in your hair, too. <laughs> Both of y'all. And then uh, let's see. What else have I got? Just that changes being? your whole aura. <laughs> also true. And the very fun stuff, too, is that uh, Mitch Fattel is going to be in town, guys. One of the funniest comics around. And July 12th and 13th, I'm going to be opening for him as well over at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club. So uh, in the summertime when there's nothing good going on, uh, come on down. Just all right. Take a break from hanging out at Bar A and DJs and just come hang out at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club, man. But go ahead and check us out there, guys. We are moving to the seasonal format soon. This is going to be one of the last regular uh, regular free episodes. We're trying to get our numbers up to 40. We want to have 40 episodes for free out there for you guys before we move to the uh, the new format, which is going to be seasonal, and we're looking into the Patreon options and stuff. I just can't afford to lose money on this show anymore. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to do. I'm like I'm like Edgar Casey, Dad. I don't want to do it. it. I want to do it for of free. All yeah. humankind. I want to do it for free, but I just you know we can't afford to anymore. We got to provide this valuable information He's of so absolute good. American losers. True, like man. this is the thing. Kevin, if you were if you were around when I was learning history, man, I would have <laughs> aced history. We got to build fun. the foundation of losers so that That's the right. next generation could <laughs> the become win- winners. Yes. Well, we're gonna be more on brand with the next 
next episode that we have. We have a couple of really fun ones I want to talk about here. But like I said, I like to try to cater the episodes towards the guest. So because Cousin Pam was up, I took a look at Mr. Edgar Casey and I said, I know what we're talking about. <laughs> You're really good at it. You're really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> but Pam, anything you want to say to anybody at home? Um, well, happy Father's Day to Dad and my husband. And Gigi, put that down. Yeah, Gigi, put, it down. put that down. And I, I want to say hi to my girls, Lulu and Gigi. Lulu's in Japan right now, you know, taking her first big international trip with her daddy. It was weird. I didn't realize that, but uh, Lulu uh, was asked, because how old is Lulu right now? She's going to be 10. Yeah, she, and, and they asked her, they said, uh, Lulu, what is your dream? What do you want to do in life? And she goes, I want to be uh, on a whaling ship. I want to harpoon a whale. <laughs> and they said, we're going to have to go to Japan for this. And she goes, I'm willing. Oh. There you go. <laughs> right? there you go. Last count we had, she's murdered three whales That's at this it. point. Is that correct? Yeah, right. that, and she just ate a bento box, so she's good. <laughs> <laughs> See, I actually know what that is. Yeah. Um, and don't forget about Gigi. I want to I wish her a happy birthday because her birthday is next Friday. So she's going to be six. Well, this will come out on uh, Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. ladies, uh, happy birthday from all of us here over at American Loser. LP, it's Father's Day, dude. All right. Thanks for being a dad. Uh, as you once told me, uh, childhood is 18 years, 30 years. That's a mortgage. <laughs> that's all right. right. <laughs> so um, anything you want to add to the show here, sir? Uh, take a shit. You'll feel better. Take a <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the Kahuna man, I uh, I, I won't get emotional, here, but I know that your dad's proud of you, buddy, because uh, you do a great job, and your uh, your energy and your innocence you bring to the show every week uh, means a lot to us. I I prefer having you here, man. You're a fucking gem, you know that. So, yep, he's getting all teary eyed now. Oh, he's crying on the he's crying on the equipment now, Ming. <laughs> Ming. Don't no, but I, pre- I appreciate it. Thank you. Also, uh, I want to say thank you to uh, Mike and Ming taking good care of us, as always, over here to Shared Universe. They told us that we were allowed to take one piece. Uh, we're allowed to take one photo off the wall uh, and give man, it to it every guest. So, yeah, yeah th- which one would you pick. like here? I don't know, man. I think that that sign, Stan Lee Shield, looks like a photo enough. Yeah, like... I guess we could take that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll figure it all out. But no, uh, guys, we are moving to the seasonal format. Uh, stay tuned for that one here. Uh, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on the old iTunes or something like that so we can take care of you guys. We want to get our inner core group of people, the, the people who have been here since day one, who want to take good care of you guys. But on that note, guys, I'm going to go eat some prime rib. And uh, I got some nice cigars I got to give to my Uncle Paul and my cousin Greg. So, uh, guys, that was Edgar Casey, American Loser.